Punters, 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 punters. Three group ones on this week across the course of three days. And this is season three, episode six of the Campbell's Gambles podcast. Proudly sponsored by absolutely nobody. And I am with Blake. And Blake, I want to ask how you are, my brother. How are you? I am bloody good. I'm bloody good. And I'm I'm bloody G'd up for three group ones in three days. AFL grand finals on Saturday. NRL's on too. It's all it's all coming to the uh to the climax, so yeah, it's getting it's getting good. It's getting bloody good. A lot of blood, and there is only one blood in on Saturday, and that is not alligator blood. The bloods, cheer, cheer, the red and the white. Um, there we go. Yes, geez, that, was, that was a good win. We're we're grand final bound now. Sydney Swan supporter. They all come out when uh when we make the final <laughs> series, as I have. Yeah, bodies all day, baby. They following since 01. Uh, <laughs> anyway, no, it's good fun. Uh, hopefully, we can give the cats a run for their money. But um, on the horse racing front, as always, we'll go back to last week, do a bit of a review of the races that we covered. How did you find the day as a whole? Um, I found it interesting. Um, I didn't. I mean, I, th- to be honest, like especially at Ramwick, uh, Ramwick say it correctly. The, the winners, like the the favourites and the, the horses that were expected to win, especially in the big races, like, goodness me. It was, what was it? It was Zoo Gotcha was in the in the three-year-olds uh, and saluted there. And then Animo was, was what, a $1.60 shot. And then uh, who was the other one? Nature Strip. Now, just, now, how could you forget him? How could you bloody forget him? $2, what, 30 All one. They all got up back-to-back races, so... Um, hopefully punters were were celebrating those wins because I'm sure plenty of them would have been on those. And I did see a couple of multis. I uh, did see a couple of multis floating around on Facebook and such. So I found it found it an all right day. Um, there were a couple of interesting results as well scattered throughout. But how did you find it? Yeah, challenging to some degree. I, I know, as you said, the um the favourites won pretty much every race, which is or not every race, but the the main races, which is mm. more often than not. Uh, uncommon. Normally, there is a blowout result, as we saw. Well, at at Caulfield, when once the rain came, it was <laughs> yeah. it was very difficult. Um, right. Scratch one of my horses, and I, I had a really really tough watch in race two. But yeah. um, as was mine, the Ayrton, the Ayrton bet in in the uh, Rupert Clark never got a run. So yeah, so no, it was it was, it was an interesting day. Uh, Pretty straightforward day, I guess, in the end. Um, I think for myself personally, I think maybe I just overthought a few races. Um, but anyway, uh, let's touch base on Animo's win in the group one. Do you reckon that was a very, obviously it was a worthy win, but um, any runners of note that finished behind him? Uh, yeah, there were a couple, but how about Animo coming out lame after that? Like yeah. winning, winning there. And then being lame after the race, like what? <laughs> how, how are you winning that race and and you're lame? Like, how are you, you going to lose now 
if you if you're right in in future races how are you going to lose if you're winning that lane yeah well to be honest with you on the sectionals and visually i thought i thought the ride won the race like i didn't think he was brilliant um first up i there's no question to, to say he wasn't but um i thought there was run, runners some runners in behind that were very unlucky due to the i guess no tempo in the race with Zaki getting scratched and hinge going forward. Mm. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Animo does from here and, and what they plan to do. But apparently the vet check passed off a couple of days after. So I'm not sure was he lame, was he not? But anyway, um, uh, anyway, uh, who was the other winner? Zoo Gotcha won the T-Rose and Colsign Mav. Do you want to touch base on any of those races? Uh, just with, well, the, the Zoo Gotcha race, um, was pretty pretty sort of straight i mean i, I had a bit of a fright seeing matt pomery storm down and and almost get up there but um zoo gotcha and then wolverine wolverine ran well um that was actually a pretty good run from wolverine as well so i've still still got my eye on her i want to see uh, how she progresses and north star last was in there for fourth so all those sort of runners were were fairly predictable apart from obviously madame pomery uh, but t bez knows how to knows how to find the post, so respect to him. Yeah, too easy. All right, do you want to get into our – oh, actually, what am I saying? Nature Strip. Nature Strip and the Everest. How could I forget about Nature Strip? Jeez, that was a really good win. Really, really good uh, win. That's the that's second time on this podcast already. We've bloody forgotten about that bloke. Yeah, and he's, and he's, you know what it is? It's because no one's talking about him now because he's actually winning. He's not getting rolled as, you know, an odds-on pop. When he was no. like a dollar forty before, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's a cat. He's a cat." Yeah, where are you now? <laughs> yeah, where are the cat calls now? Probably as good a win as you've probably seen from Nature's Trip. His last two runs have been phenomenal. Obviously, winning overseas at Ascot, as they like to say, um, and winning off the speed to some degree. Obviously, sat tracked Eduardo all the way through. I thought Eduardo mm. was judging off the sectionals and visually probably entitled to go on with it and do a little bit more. So I don't know how well that horse is going and um, which could make some sense of that drift first up because I still don't know how he drifted. I know it was a long time ago, but maybe some people know a little bit more because I don't think Eduardo got pressured that much there and um, he didn't really give much. Yeah. There were, there were a few uh, worthy worthy mentions in behind as well though um overpass running second that was huge uh lost and running as well for third was was a good run as well but even further back in the field mass crusader and anathol wow we anathol was anathol through the line was absolutely phenomenal i think it was the fastest size 200 of the meeting if i'm not mistaken um and mass crusader was close in there as well they were they were both pretty similar sort of sectionals i think mass crusader had a bit uh, more of a sustained run from a bit further back. So he had a few faster uh, sectionals, sort of maybe the six, last 600 was pretty fast for him. But Anathol through the line, my gosh, I don't know where that thing's going to go next. But um, at $251, that was definitely a big, big flashing light uh, on the top of his head. Does it have a Kosciuszko spot? <laughs> Does he have a Kosciuszko spot? <laughs> He's eligible, isn't he? I'd like to think he is. He's trained by Cody Morgan. Uh, Anyway, maybe maybe if there's a few tickets floating around, maybe he might get him in there. Get him, get him bloody eleven dollars in, in the Kosciuszko market, but he doesn't have a slot. Anyway, there might be a few tickets laying around, and mm. so I might have saw that that run. Anyway, we'll go into our first segment of the show now, and that is flashing lights. Flashing. 
Oh, thank you, Kanye. That was, jeez, really good, Kanye. He's a really good producer of this show, but um, sensational, sensational. Yes. All right, flashing light runner of the week. You've got a few here. Uh, pick up, do pick I and go and go from there. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you, if you want, you, you got all the rights to uh to grill me for that. I've got way too many in there. <laughs> But um, I'll just run through them quickly. Ice bath in in behind Animo again, like phenomenal. I think she was she was up there in sort of the, the fastest closes of the day, and that was a mile run again. She did the same thing or a similar thing. I think the last her last run was over fourteen hundred. But wow, we those last two those last two runs closing off on the uh, on the wet tracks. Don't know. I don't know when she'll find a race where it sort of sets up really well for her and she's well in the market because she, if she keeps bumping into horses of that animal's caliber, um, she might just keep running second. But um, the way she's been running in the last two have been really good. So that was the main one for me. But there are a couple of others on the card. I loved um, Mahagoni's run uh, in race two at Ramwick. That from gate 14, just like J-Mac just kept him in pretty much clear air the whole way and he just absolutely let down in the straight which was a, a massive performance um and i've had a bit of an opinion of him last preparation and and prior runs but he just sort of never put it all together he was running in in the uh highways and midways or whatever and finally he's he's ab- absolutely demolished the field so it'd be interesting to see where he goes uh, mahagoni and then wolverine already touched on and port albert at caulfield i thought um was a little bit unlucky and in the race where I basically declared extravagant star and it flopped, uh, massive drift on it as well from about $2.30 to $3.80. But Port Albert was was the only one that was sort of up near the speed and stuck on and ran third. So, um, I, you know, second favourite, he was in the market, but it was a good run from him. So those, those are the flashing lights for mine. I'm reaching for the rosemary beads in that Port Albert race. I was on Kin in the red hat. I took $10, the Godolphin runner. I'm just swinging these rosemary breeds around because it didn't get out whatsoever. I had everything to give, obviously speed on, which will somewhat flatten the run, not a flashing light runner for mine, but I thought I was a little bit unlucky there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, flashing light runner for myself actually comes out of Mahagoni's race in that midway. I think it might be a strong enough form line. Mahagoni obviously runs second to Waterford in a 78. And we know how good Waterford is or is going to be. And that is Essential Sky. She was the grey horse. She ran fourth on this occasion. Uh, she was 1,800 metres back down to the mile. Uh, got back, obviously carrying lightweight, you know, got the inside cheap runs and, you know, came through late. However, she's she was terrifically outgraded and somewhat outweighted. Like, she's she's only a benchmark 60, or she's a 60 rater, sorry. Uh, she's running a 72 race on a Saturday, which she really doesn't need to do. She was stepping back in distance. I feel like next time out, if they can go up to the 2,000 metres, they put her back in a benchmark 64 at Kembla or Newcastle or whatnot. She'll be carrying 58 kilos, 56, whatever it is, uh, instead of 52. But I think she'll be very hard to beat because she's going really well this preparation. That's now, I think, three starts for a win in a couple of uh, placings and a fourth now. So she's going really well. And I think she's one we can follow with interest. We can get money out of next start. Beautiful, beautiful. Too easy. All right. Mooney Valley is the first track that we'll cover. And that is on Friday nights, the first group one of the spring under lights at Mooney Valley. Weather is going to be 19 degrees cloudy chance for the late shower in the afternoon. Rail is in the true position track. Currently is a soft seven. 
And with a shower around, it might stay around that. How are you expecting the track to play, Blake? Bit of rain about, trail, uh, rail in the true, trail in the true, rail in the true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, typical, typical Mooney Valley, bit of a, bit of a sort of, um, I mean, it's every every track's a bit of a guessing game, but Mooney Valley, less so. I I think um, you always want to be sort of up near the speed, um, and especially over a thousand meters, which we'll be looking at for the uh, for the group one. You don't want to be too far back. I don't think many. Well, actually, I went I went back and I'll touch on it when we get to the race. But um, there are not many winners in this race that have come from very far back. Um, so definitely looking up around the speed. Yeah, I think. I can agree with you. If that, when the track is wet there, it's generally one of two things. The inside chops out and they come wide, but they also come wide on the speed. Uh, It's very hard to make make ground sometimes there when the track does Mm. um, be a bit sticky. Anyway, we'll move now to the first race. And the only race that we're covering at Mooney Valley, that is race seven, the group one Moya Stakes, over the 1,000 metres. Plenty of speed expected in this race. It is the richest race under lights. There's a fun fact in Australia. Previous winners of this race, Wild Roller won last year. Pippi won in 2020, leading all the way. Current favourite in this race is the Godolphin Pulele, or Pulele, however you want to pronounce it. Followers 20 from the Queenslander Rothfire, Followers 40. Expected speed in the race. Blake, go for it, son. Um, okay, well, I'll start by saying I've seen a couple of people uh, sort of discussing the speed, uh, various platforms, and suspecting or alluding to the fact that there'll be a lot in this race. Um, although there's not going to be a lack, an inherent lack of speed in the race, I don't think they'll go too crazy. Um, Malkovich has drawn gate three and is definitely going to be up up, uh, sort of leading. And Zustal's got gate nine and knows no other way. It's definitely going to uh, go forward. And, I mean, you've got to assume Zustal missed the kick on uh, first up at Muni Valley when second to Rothfire. I don't, I'm not just going to assume that he'll do the same thing. And if he jumps any better, he will definitely be um, pressing for the lead, I think, from gate nine and pretty much just uh, throwing it down. But apart from Malkovich and Zustal, there's, there aren't any other, horse, other horses in the race who are out and out leaders. So I think if they just sort of separate and whether they take each other on or not, um, I don't think the speed's going to be crazy enough to bring back markers into the race. Personally, I think if they go helter skelter to the front two, Rothfire, Kulangata, Generation, uh, even Paleli maybe will be able to just drop in right behind, and they'll be the ones getting uh, sort of reaping the rewards of those two going handlebars down at the front. And if they don't, same thing, they're going too slow. The horses at the back just won't be able to get into it. So either way, I don't suspect horses from the back will be able to get into it too easily. Um, I mean, we could we could always get blown away by one that that turns up on the day, but that's my uh, suspicion. Do you agree with that, Chase? Yeah, I have to agree with that. I th- I think the thing I don't agree with is when you say there might not be, there's not probably as much speed as it looks like there is on paper. I think any race with the likes of Zustal or Malkovich in it is going to be absolutely <laughs> full uh, full throttle. Um, Despite that, with these races, sometimes when you do get back to last and they they go that fast, you kind of get off the bit and chase. And I think this might be the perfect example of that. They don't really have long to sort of stuff around and find the positions because within about 400 metres of this race, there'll be horses taking off and, and going for home, which will probably be Rothfire and and Pulel. Um, And I am with the Godolphin runner here, Pulel. I thought he, in my opinion, I think he brings clearly the best form into this race. I thought he was really, really good in the... 
Queensland Winter Carnival. He runs second to Mazu, beaten absolutely nothing. Um, Mazu just came off the canvas and it was a brilliant win. And he's been locked in for the next two Everest. So, and he was it was really good himself in that. Um, in uh, what race was it last week? The shorts. I think he ran fifth or something. Only beaten two lengths to the the best sprinters in Australia. Um, and then he came out up to 1300 meters, probably a touch beyond um, what he's looking for. And he just didn't reel in Apache chase, but he still runs second. Like both runs at group one level at weight for age level second beaten, no more than half a length combined uh, before that he's got a, a third in the TJ to nature trip and Eduardo third again to Marzu. Um, I, I think his biggest downfall here is possibly there being a, a bit more rain forecasted than what there is. Um, despite that, his first up record, four starts of three wins, absolutely phenomenal. He's won from one at the track. Obviously, I was well back when he was a two-year-old, so I don't want to look too much into that. But um, James McDonald's on board. I thought his rides on Saturday were phenomenal. Um, he's just riding so well right now. He's Funnily enough, I almost think he's not even getting the accolades he deserves right now, James McDonald, because he's just he understands track bias and patterns, and he's been riding horses somewhat out of their comfort zones He's been riding horses to win races rather than just riding them to what he's told. He just has he has this initiative that no other rider is really using right now. And I just think you just back his runners right now and and hope. And I think Pulele might be one of them. Yeah, I, I mean, I tend to I I pretty much absolutely agree with every everything you've just said there, Jace. Uh, I'm I'm with Pulele as well. Um, the biggest thing for me, like you said, um, is the form. The form the form for Pulele just reads just jumps out off the page uh compared to a lot of these horses and and i will say we the market here is structured really interestingly for me Paloli is four dollars 20 favorite uh i can see right now with sports bet rothfire is almost equal favorite four dollars 60 zoo style is the third favorite cool and is fourth favorite they're all coming out of the same race uh last last start which was which was over the same trip at the valley and that performance that race in general for mine is not good enough to win this race i don't think any horse that ran in that race with that same performance will be able to win this race um and if you take out all of those runners and then you've got the inferno who's 21 dollars, so it's you know sort of more around his right price than i'm suggesting the the second third and fourth favorites are in this race if you take them out you've got Pulele left on his own and then generation as as the next one to look at. And I, I mean, I don't think generation is, is out of this race. In fact, I think generation is, is a horse that you could potentially have something on. Um, my main focus is definitely Palel because with that gate um, and potentially being able to settle two, three pairs back and just sliding into the race around the turn, um, he's not going to, I don't suspect he'll get unlucky. I don't think he'll get buried anywhere uh, from, from gate six or buried behind any horses. So he should have clear running, and if he does, I think he wins. Um, and Generation is the other one who could potentially get a run like that. It just depends, um, obviously, how – like, obviously, I think Palel's a better horse, right? So if he gets all the breaks um, and he turns up, then I think he'll beat Generation. But I think both of those horses are, are worth looking at because just purely on the on the basis that I don't I don't trust that, that first up run over the 1,000 at the Valley from those other three that are in the market. So – Palele and, and maybe Generation for me, but yeah, I, I agree with what you said about Palele. Picking up what you're putting down, big fella. I don't think that race didn't rate well, first of all, and I don't think it's good enough. So yep. those runners will have to improve really big here to to 
to knock off Palau. Anyway, we'll head now to the JC trial file, which got up last week with uh, Johnny O. Uh, Johnny O. Shell, I was going to say Johnny Sargent, so dazzling down the outside at Flemington. Uh, $4.80 we tipped on here. I think possibly a few deductions here and there, but, you know, still SP around that $4 mark. So well done if you followed in. And funnily enough, this week's trial file, a little bit of a spoiler, or not even a spoiler alert, we just said it. I think Pulele or Pulel at Mooney Valley tomorrow night, race seven, number two. He's my trial file. Unfortunately, Scone is going to get cancelled tomorrow from all reports. Um, horse there called Sharpstock. He's one you should keep an eye on. I think he'll win first up wherever he goes. And he thought he was thrown into a race tomorrow at Scone. But um, no point tipping him if they're not going to be racing. But they'll be racing at Mooney Valley tomorrow night. And everything that Blake and I have just uttered in regards to Palel is why he is this week's JC trial file. Anyway, we'll move on now to the HK highlight. How did we go last yeah, thanks. Was that a... Is that a horse to follow last week? I can't remember. Was was it California? Uh, yeah. So last week, last week I just touched on Lucky Swainess, who would who would run the week before. Um, yet to see where where he turns up next. Uh, he's not not entered as far as I know for anything uh, on Sunday. Well, he's definitely not in anything for Sunday. But um, yeah, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see where he turns up. But there is a Group Three, the Celebration Cup. So the first group race uh, for this for the new season in Hong Kong. And uh, it's race three on the card on Sunday, and it's a it's a small field. So um, I mean, the the one of sort of the the main drawbacks uh, looking at Hong Kong just sort of in general is is the big fields. Typically, uh, most races have sort of up to fourteen horses in the fields, um, and I mean you can definitely find value. Um, it just takes a lot longer to sort of piece the piece the races together um, and piece the fields together and map them and sort of identify where the edges are, especially when markets open so close to the race. So I think I like this six horse field uh, makes it a little bit easier on my end. And there is a horse that's resuming in this, in this race by the name of California Spangle. Now, anyone who has any sort of interest in Hong Kong racing would definitely know this name from last season. Uh, he, he competed in all of the uh, four-year-old races from the mile up to the 2000 meters and then took on Golden 60, the infamous, the legend Golden 60 in his last start of last preparation and ran second to that horse um, by two lengths. So as a three-year-old doing that or as a four-year-old doing that, um, yeah, that you, you're more than likely you go on places. Um, the trials from California or well, the trial from California Spangle has been really really uh promising so i'm excited to see him return and i think um with this small field he'll just go to the front pertens aboard um it's over 1400 meters he's got a he's got a good uh first up record and i honestly just think he wins i have no idea what price you'll get it could be well into odds on um just purely judging off what he did last prep and and the way that he's seemingly returned from trials so no guarantees on getting a good price here, but I think California and Spangle will be winning in race three on Sunday. Race three, shots in Sunday. California Spangle for the HK highlight. All right, we'll move now to Rose Hill on Saturday. Only one race we're covering there, and that is the Golden Rose. Before we do that, track conditions, weather and bias. Weather's set to be 21 degrees. Bit gloomy outside my bedroom window right now. Blake and Sydney's going to have a few showers the next couple of days. Rail is in the true position. Currently, the track's a soft five. Could possibly get a little bit worse than that. Uh, how do you expect this track to play? Uh, last couple of meetings at Rose Hill, it's 
been very fair, in my opinion. There's been a few runners winning well off the speed, which has been mm. really good. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a bit uh it's a bit unusual for Rose Hill, I, I think. Um, and I did mention this, I think, last week when when we moved back to Randwick, and I said Randwick has been the track that's sort of played a little bit. There's been a bit of more of a noticeable bias uh, towards particular positions in running, whereas Rose Hill seems to be have been playing uh, fairer of the two tracks lately. So we'll we'll be interesting to see anyway how uh, if that continues on Saturday. I suspect um, you'll you'll want to be well uh, sort of positioned well in the field um, or up near the speed at least um, and not too wide. I think you know. I, I, any track, if you know before before we've seen a race on it, you you just got to assume that you want to be sort of up and in to some extent. I don't think it's going to be an extreme bias, um, but it's definitely preferable. Beautiful. All right, let's move into that Golden Rose race now, and that is race eight, Group One level over the fourteen hundred meters, four to three year olds. Obviously, the premier three year old race of the spring. Previous winners of this race were in the Congo in 2021 and a horse that we just touched base on, Rothfire, in 2020. Godolphin have a stranglehold at the top of the market here with the current favourite in secret at $2.70. Speed map for this race, Blake, what goes forward here out of your eyes? Um, Not much, to be, to be, to be quite blunt. Um, I mean, there are a few sort of roughies and, and things that, that might take it up. Zoo Tiger is one of those. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah. Honestly, apart from that, I don't even know, Jason. If you got any, if you got any leads, throw them at me. I, yeah, I'm throwing a bit lost. Leads. Throwing leads, got plenty of them. But um, I, I think Basque or Basket or whatever you want to call it. I think that will be a horse that goes forward. Uh, went forward last time with the blinkers on first time from a wide alley. I think the only way that horse will be competitive in a race of this nature will be really putting the handlebars down. Best of Bordeaux scratching is huge for this race. It's probably thrown a few of these horses that get back run on out of the um, water, um, as someone calls me. How disgusting. Zoo Tiger, as you mentioned, probably goes forward and, and possibly possibly she's extreme, Domier, possibly. But, um, yeah, lack of speed in this race, which could hinder my top selection. Um, but before we get onto that, who do you reckon? Okay, one, one I'm going to pose this question. In secret and Golden Mile, from the same camp, they won on the same day. Mm -hmm. Who do you reckon was more impressive and why? I, hmm. to answer that question directly, I say Golden Mile, purely because... He that that was sort of the race where he stood up and said, "Hey, look at me! I'm here. I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm gonna be good." If that makes any sense. Whereas in secret, you'd already got that sort of idea. She runs second to Zoo Gotcha and was unlucky prior, and she was the undefeated horse, and she's sort of had that hype around her. Whereas I'm definitely more impressed by Golden Mile, who's you know he was obviously in the market anyway, but to sort of announce himself and win by that big margin and yeah sort of present himself for this race uh was was more impressive for mine uh which which one do you think was more impressive yeah i feel like you asked me that question with with an answer yourself in mind already <laughs> well it's, i look back at that and i regret asking that questions because 
I'm going to have somewhat splinters on my you-know-what because I'm sitting on the fence here a little bit. I thought they were both really, really impressive. The money came for both, then the speed was on. They came down the outside and they went whooshka. Uh I am with Golden Wild in this race, and he doesn't map as well as In Secret, uh, In Secret does. And Best of Bordeaux coming out of the race doesn't help me whatsoever. However, I just can't see how there's that much between them. I don't think personally. I don't think two seventy versus five dollars. Um, I don't think you can justify that gap in the market. And he has done it the fourteen hundred meters. Whereas she hasn't. And I'm not saying she won't run out the 1400 meters. I don't want, I'm not trying to put, don't put words into my mouth or anything like that. <laughs> All I'm saying is until they do it, they haven't done it. Uh, she's giving every indicator that she will, but in previous preparations, uh, sorry, with previous horses, we've seen horses such as Mars Crusader. We've seen horses such as Classique Legend. We've seen horses such as, uh, what's another get back run on horse? Can't think of another one. Santana Lane. Once they stepped up to the 1,400 metres, they weren't as effective as they were as a 1,200. We see a lot of horses, the 1,200 run on, they get up to 1,400. They don't quite have that finishing burst. Not saying that she will be one of them, but it wouldn't necessarily shock me if she was. Um, and for that reason, I am with Golden Mile. He's the proven runner at 1,400 metres. He is going to be thundering home, whether he wins the race or whether he runs you know, a very luckless you know, second or third, a bit like Animo last year. Um, that's, that's I guess, that upward debate. Depends how the track plays on the day. Uh, but, yeah, I think $5 is a big price, and I'm happy to back him. There you go. Cards cards out on the table. Show your hand. Mm. Um, I'm disagreeing. I, I'm, I'm heavily in In Secrets camp here. Um, as much as I have been a fan and am a fan of Golden Mile, the key, I think you mentioned, Jason, is just the way the race sets up. Um, I know In Secret has been sort of get back, run on kind of style of horse. And you said when we were talking about Mooney Valley, the Moy Stakes, J-Mac has been riding horses to win races and throwing anything he's been told out the window where necessary. Um, I, I don't suspect that will change in this race. I think from gate three, with a race that's devoid of speed in secret is not going to be allowed to get too far back in the race where too much luck is required to win. Um, and I think if Golden Mile was the better was the better chance of winning, um, the market would would suggest that. But in the in secret, what she's done and the form around her with Zoo Gotcha, North Star Lass, um, we've we've spoken a lot about that form line. Um and obviously Zugotcha's won, beat In Secret, where In Secret was unlucky, and then has won again. North Star Lass has won uh, since the first, that first sort of race, which was the Silver Shadow. Uh, Wolverine's come out and run well. Willinga Beast ran second to North Star Lass. Opal Ridge has come out and won that, from that race as well. So all of those horses have, in some way or another, franked that form and, and added to that form. So I'm sticking with it. Um, especially because of the way in secret maps here um horses typically on the rail and drawn really well in the in the golden rose with the with the best sort of map and setup have been the ones that have prevailed uh, which is no surprise especially at rose hill where it typically has has been a, a track that requires that so i think in secret is the safe and the uh 
the the higher percentage play here. Um, I think two dollars seventy, maybe just fair. I'm not sure how much meat on the bone there is with the price, but I'd be put it this way: I'd be more confident taking two dollars seventy in secret than five dollars golden mile from gate eleven. Obviously, that people are going to disagree, such as Jason, but um, that's that's my take on it. Too easy. All right, head to head with the Godolphin runners for Blake and I. Let's see who comes out on top there. We'll move on now to Sandown. Sunday Group 1 Racing. Jeez, I thought I've seen it all. Weather, 18 <laughs> degrees, sunny, rail, true position. Currently a soft six. As we already mentioned, Mooney Valley, bit of rain around on Friday and Saturday at, uh, yeah, sorry, not at, in Victoria. Uh, not sure what this track gets to. Um, what, do you, what do you reckon this track plays on Sunday? Soft track? <laughs> To be safe or heavy track. <laughs> Probably plays track. plays like an Olympic swimming pool, maybe. <laughs> Could we possibly. um was there that we'll much forecast? I'm not even sure. Oh God knows. God knows. But um yeah when <laughs> when you put when you put the underwood stakes in the uh in the script for the in the script for the podcast I went looking for it and I thought what why can't I find it? Why can't I find it? And I thought you know what let's just have a look at what's on Sunday just in case and there it was. The race, race seven on a Sunday. Yeah, um, I was very confused yesterday. Mm, um, I got told mm. to, do the, to do the Underwood, and <laughs> and I was thinking, well, I didn't realize Underwood was at Mornington this year. And lo and behold, <laughs> Mornington Cup or whatever the hell was on, I didn't even know it's at Mornington to, on 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 Saturday. But it's probably just a listed race or something. But yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll move now to the Underwood race seven Sunday Group One racing Underwood Stakes eighteen hundred meters. Previous winner of this race was Zaki last year, and he does return to defend his crown, and he's a $2.70 favorite with the TAB. I'm Thunderstruck. Since I've done this podcast script, it's actually shortened in from $3.40 to $3. Um, so he is the second favorite, and the way the market's trending, he could possibly go close to starting favorite. What does the speed map look like in this race, Blake? Um, it's, well... Six horses in the field. That's the first thing I'm going to say. Um, Zaki's obviously going to go forward and, and alligator blood after after leading uh, leading in the Maccabi Diva will probably be up there. But Zaki probably leads it um, solo. I don't think Jamie Carr will be electing to sit outside alligator blood. And I also don't think Tim Clark's going to kick up and, and try to keep Zaki out for too long. So I expect Zaki to lead. Um and then Alligator Blood will take the sit. Mr. Brightside will be either outside leader or outside Alligator Blood around there. And um, obviously, I'm Thunderstruck's going to be back in the back in the race and with Mawunga and and nonconformists. But it's a small field, so they'll be that more than likely they'll be tightly packed. Um, and if I'm Thunderstruck is dead last on the turn, he's he's only going to have what three three or four lengths to make up. So. I think they've all got a chance based on that prediction. Yeah. Well, I'll be surprised if Tim Clark gives Alligator Blood a dig in the ribs here because he's unsighted over the over the mile. He's never raced at the 1,800 metres. And I think leading with him at the 1,800 metres, he could really be low on the energy t- uh, reserves late in the race. So I don't think he would not be the best decision to lead on Alligator Blood. I think he should take the... Uh, the backside of Zaki. I was going to say something very profound um, profound there. But anyway, I think Zaki deserves to be favourite in this race. And I think he's going to be very, very hard to beat. 
his form lines, despite in the past, we're saying, you know what, he could be sometimes unreliable and he might lose in these spots and whatnot. But Tramway Stakes, Group 2 race, beat home Ice Bath. I know there was a bias on the day and he was probably entitled to do so. However, they did. he did go to a relatively good tempo um, and he kicked away and won pretty convincingly. Ice Bath was the eye catcher. Ice Bath has since gone on and, and run second, as, as Blake's already mentioned, and was his main flashing light runner of the day last Saturday at at uh, Randwick. Uh, and I just think that's the best form in this race. Once again, as Blake, you know, liked to break down the, the race earlier that we covered at, at Mooney Valley, you got I'm Thunderstruck and Alligator Blood coming out of the same race, Mr. Brightside coming out of a, a five-horse, you know, fee and stakes and a, and a PB Lawrence. I just don't think that's good enough form. Um, and honestly, Zaki could dead set be even money here. And I don't think I'd even blink an eye. So that's how I see this race. And he just goes straight to the front and he's just the classiest runner in the race. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I... You disagree, I, and you're on I'm Thunderstruck. I can feel it in your voice. No, I'm not with I'm Thunderstruck, but I, well, I probably was at some bloody point. I've just chopped and changed and looked at this race for so long. And He's with nonconformists at 81. Mate, I go, <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, I've jumped on and then jumped off that one too. I can't lie. I've, I've had a look at all of them and I've convinced myself to back all of them and then not to back all of them. So, this is definitely a race I'll personally be sitting out of. Six horse field is never, uh, never too tempting. Um, well, I mean it is tempting, but it's never too. Uh, it never it never ends typically too well. So, uh, but with Zaki leading, I think um, you know that takes a lot of luck. That takes a lot of luck out of the equation. It's definitely a high percentage play, especially at Sandown. Um, typically, leaders do go well um, in general. But I think I'm. Uh, I think Mr. Brightside is is in this well. Um, I think. I mean, I don't. Know. I don't know. I'd. Yeah. I'm not even going to bother. I'm not. I could make a case for him, but then I can make a case for I'm Thunderstruck, and yeah, I'm just going to shut up. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm going to flip a coin. I'm going to flip a coin to decide what I do with the hundred dollars, because. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. It's it's a very, very tough one for me. Just I'm Thunderstruck's gonna get back. The eighteen hundred is is not it's it's not very appealing uh for me, just based on especially how slow they're gonna go uh on paper. Zaki leading over eighteen hundred and having won this race last year is quite tempting, but he is the favorite and Mr. Brightside's gonna be right outside him, so Whoever whoever turns up out of those two, I know Mr. Brightside's never gone to the eighteen hundred, but there's no reason to suggest he won't handle it. And um, they've sort of been around the mark before. Um, and the other thing with Mr. Brightside is he beat I'm Superman, who came out and run second to Corsign Mav, and in my opinion was slightly hampered there. Um, you can make your own cases whether whether or not I'm Superman could have, should have, would have won that race. Uh, on the weekend, but he was good nonetheless. And Mr. Brightside having beat him is good form. So Mr. Brightside is tempting for me, especially just the fact that he's the outsider of those three that are the main chances. But yeah, I don't know, a bit of a coin flip. You need a three-sided coin between one, two, and four. <laughs> now let's get into the $100 competitions. A uh, bit of action last week on your end, Animo saluting and Ayrton not running. So you have made a positive return last week to 
somewhat make your negative return for the season look a little bit better. Minus $92.50. <laughs> I made a return on Hinged to place, who stuck on for third, and I made a loss on Showmanship, who did nothing. So I am minus mm. $170. Um, Moya Stakes, your money is on... Well, it's exactly where yours is going as well, Jason, by the sounds of uh, our discussion earlier. So I think, well, I'm definitely with 100 on uh, Palel, and I think it will be winning. Beautiful. We'll move on to the Golden Rose since that's what I'm doing too. Uh, <laughs> I am with the Godolphin Runner. We're very blue in this podcast. They're going so well right now. 50 each way on Golden Mile. Just in case he comes second or third, I want to cover myself a little bit. I'm well. I mean, I made it pretty obvious. I'm I'm with in secret. Uh, I think she wins. So we're going head to head. Let's go. Hundred the win. Head to head on a Saturday, Sunday. We are. Blake is dead set. Look at him go. Look at him right now. I'm just sending him right it in. He's I flipped the coin. I flipped the, the coin, and the results. It landed half on Zaki and half on Mister Right Side. <laughs> so I've got fifty each. I uh, I'm just minimizing the losses at this point. <laughs> Do you have splinters on your bottom for sitting on the fence? Anyway, no. Yeah. I'm, it's going to Yeah, it's going to be itchy. I am with Zaki, $100 on the nose, straight to the front, and that's all she wrote. Best form in the race. Sydney form is top form. All mm. right, Blake, you alerted to me before we got back on this podcast that you have a filthy, filthy collect at Mornington on Saturday for the punters. I Please do. I do identify what this horse is and let the punters know so they can get their money ready and go down to the local EBT at the tab and chuck it all at Mornington. She's hot. She's hot and ready to trot. It's Defiant Diva race two at Mornington on Saturday. Benchmark seventy. So she's she's coming back in grade. She's contested an eighty four at Flemington. Uh, was a solid third there and then second to Sione in a seventy eight at Sandown. I think. Small or smallish field, it's only uh seven horses, so uh, you're getting a decent price considering that Mississippi's the second favorite. Um, and I don't think she's I don't think she's suited to the mile. Um, and her stats suggest that with 11 starts for no wins, uh, only two second placings and a third placing over this trip. So I think Mississippi is going to get found out over the 1600 meters, and I straight flat out think uh defiant diva is a better horse either way but apart from that i don't think there's much in the race i think defiant diva uh it's her race to lose she's been in the black book for some time now uh, i've been following her and i think this is a race that she is more than capable of winning so defiant diva race to mornington anything else for the punters i know you like to to give a few specs out for the punters <laughs> anything else, I, anything um... else for the battlers yeah, I do not mind uh, having a few mentions. One that I will give a mention to is Fairy Spirit. Uh, it's going around decent odds. Uh, race four at the Valley on Friday in the Stutt Stakes. Uh, $10 is what you can get for Fairy Spirit. Uh, he does bring Pakenham synthetic form. So if you're one of those that swears against that, which I often do, <laughs> you should um, you should steer clear. But I think he's I think he's got ability. So we'll we'll. We'll definitely know more. Um, he's taken on some good horses. He's Heaven, Fujita San, and Tijuana are the top three in the market. So there's definitely uh, no lack of lack of talent or ability in that race. But it'll be interesting to see uh, how he goes. And ten dollars, you can uh, you can definitely do worse with your money. Um, there are a couple of Group Twos as well that we didn't 
that we didn't cover, um, but I, I will give a mention to the the golden pendant is is looks like it's going to be a pretty exciting race. Have you had a look a chance to look at that, Chase? Yes, have had a look at that, and I'm with Star Tontes. I'm with Star Tontes. I'm not sure. Judging by the silence there, you are not with Star Tontes. What are you with? No, no, I I mean I think oh. it's a I think it's a very open race, but I um the thing with Star Tontes is she she missed the start pretty pretty brutally. Uh, first up so provided she doesn't do that i'm i'm definitely in her camp over espionas and nimalees who nimalee brings a1 form into this race behind zaki and ice bath but she there was a small field when she ran third to those horses and um from gate 16 in a big field like this it's definitely not going to be as easy espionas drawn just as poorly so star tontes then sort of gets bumped up to favorite in a sense uh, provided she can jump well but i'm Definitely not against Jamea here. I think the drier the track, the better, obviously. But um, with Gate Five, she can definitely run really well, and she has done in in her two starts uh, so far this prep. And Catalan is the other one I think has been a bit disrespected by the market with that uh, that Meg form, and then Hope in Your Heart, who has a scalp of Frumos. Um, Raduna was was back in the in the Meg race as well. So there's a lot of sort of tie-ins with that form. So Catalan is one that I've looked at uh, as well as Jamea, but I'd start Tontes would be interesting. Do you reckon do you reckon she'll uh she'll jump this time? <laughs> uh no, I reckon she'll get back, but I just think there's enough speed in this race. I think Expat goes forward, always ensures a good tempo. Um the Queenslander Palaspian or whatever however you pronounce it. They're not going to go back. Yeah, place a pen. Sorry. They, they're not going to go back. I, I doubt they will go back. Nimalee, if they go back, they're kind of giving up all their cards and she has to carry mm. the weight. So I yeah. think they push forward too. And then you've got horses like Roduna and Electric Girl have all showed, uh, also showed speed in the past. So there's going to be enough speed for Star Tontes. That day where she did miss the kick, there wasn't a load of speed. I know Shades of, uh, Shades of Rose led and, and she has in the past gone along, but um, it's not necessarily... She led and won. Electric Girl was up in the firing line and she also was um stuck on the run second and i just think star time takes out to the 1400 meters she's the one who's mm -hmm. best benefited from it um her winning the tats tiara i think that's that's a one form line um snap, snap dance has obviously gone on and won a, a group one um i think it was the memsey and she's been given a slot for the everest this week so or last week from memory uh so that's gonna be a good form for this race uh i thought star Tontes, and i want to mention one at Big price, big, big, big price before you get cut off. Pippa Lee. Pippa Lee, barrier one, Karen McAvoy, chop his arms off. He's not riding that well, but anyway, never mind. Um, second up record, three start, two wins, and a third, obviously, in, in fire inferior competition. Yes, she did not beat a runner home. Uh, she didn't beat a runner home, as I should say. Um, first up, but she was only beaten four lamps. She had the fastest last uh i think eight six four out of the race uh just the run the race just wasn't run to suit she draws barrier one this time um i've seen a lot worse 100 to one shots go around let me tell you that um she has nice enough form around wonder bar and bring the ransom um last preparation so people if they went to a lower graded race she would be an absolute moral we're in the <laughs> 88 or something but anyway mm. yeah definitely definitely Oh well, there's there's a bit of dribble for race seven at Rose Hill anyway, a race that we didn't cover but did, um, and that brings us to the end of the podcast, I believe. Yes, that is all she wrote. Uh, thank you once again, Blake, for joining myself, and thanks punters for tuning in. Best of luck um, at 
everywhere on Friday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday. You honestly uh, cannot miss. If you weren't planning on betting on the weekend, I think you got to struggle. Uh, <laughs> there's just too much action, horse racing, NRL, and AFL related. And mm. what else? I don't know. What else do you watch, Blake? You love the F1. Is that is that going on or are we in the off-season? I don't know. It's been off a couple of weeks now, so uh, overdue for, for a return. Singapore is the next... Uh, next race, but if you give me one moment, I'll be able to let you know when that is. Um, sure, there's something rugby sevens, darts, world champions. Yeah, there'll be everything. Don't worry. It's uh, no, there's another week until F1 resumes, but I've seen a couple of videos of the drivers getting in the sauna and getting on the bikes preparing for uh, Singapore. It's actually it's a really, really phenomenal sport when you when you get into the nitty gritty. I don't want to, I don't want to dribble for too long about it, but they are. Yeah, they're they're athletes. Those F one drivers, pure athletes. So, yeah. Anyway, that's... one of the hardest sports. Yeah. Oh, I haven't I haven't without, read yeah. I haven't read much into it. I haven't looked into it much. But one of my old PE teachers said it was. She said it was the hardest sport. So I'm not going to say it is the hardest sport. Yeah. But I'll just say one of the hardest sports. <laughs> so I don't offend anyone. No, I, I I I think I think the uh the mental and physical strength that you that you need for it is is definitely up there um top top two or three sports uh just purely in terms of that i think um there are there are other like you need you need phenomenal amounts of skill as well in what you do to be making it into the sort of best 20 drivers on the planet as well but yeah the work that they put in absolutely phenomenal um the amount of knowledge they need to have the amount of composure they need to have in a situation where there are so many forces and and things acting on you when you're in that car and so many risks involved, mate. I definitely, I definitely couldn't do it. That's for sure. But um, yeah, mad respect to those drivers. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Leclerc can bloody get a win. I've been waiting for waiting for him to get a win. Max Verstappen's on a hot streak now, and Red Bull look like they've got it all sealed up. So, well, I'm sure Max, Charles, and Red Bull listen to this podcast. And best of luck at oh. Singapore next week. Um, that will about do us, Blake. Sorry to cut you short, sir, but that was oh, mate. Up. No, cut the dribble. I Episode <laughs> six, season three, Campbell's Gamers podcast. All done. Best of luck, punters. Take care.